This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, by golly, here we go. Another week, another show about cars, whether it be uh, cars, trucks, vans, um, these new things that Elon Musk is making. I don't know whether you can fit that into a truck category. It's a uh, moon rover or something. (laughs) BJ (laughs) Colleen is here. Hi, BJ. Hello, Mr. Allen. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for being on. You know, I, I can't get over... It is so funny to me. I guess if there is something that amazes me lately is the type of people that look at this Cybertruck from Tesla and are enamored with it. And so I guess that's why, I don't know, I, I was going about to say something really rude about ugly people, but how do I say this? Again, I'm, I'm trying to be nice here. There's somebody for everybody in this world. And so they've made this car, this vehicle, this thing for people (laughs) that just don't care what something looks like. And I don't know how a nicer way to say that. But every time I see one, I just go every single time. They they did sell some gremlins and some Aztecs, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Pacers and some of these oddball cars. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I know they're going to sell the heck out of these things. I mean, even though they're they're like, you know, a, I don't know what is it? They were supposed to be like 40 grand and they're they're like 60 grand. So somehow that got messed up, you know. But well, here's it, some other news about this though. Yeah, what? Remember how they said they were going to sue people if they flipped the Cybertruck? If they sold them, yeah, buy them and sold them. And then they took it back. Yeah. Well, they reinstated it again. No, no, they didn't. Yep. It's in the <laughs> it's in contract that you need to go look through. They said that uh, Tesla and its affiliates sell cars directly to end consumers. We may unilaterally cancel any order that we believe has been made with a view toward resale the vehicle that has been made in bad faith. Oh, my gosh. So I love that they do this. They're just the <laughs> kookiest company ever. They are. So, oh, so it's just it's... one because you're going to sell it, and now you're not going to sell it, and then you can sell it, you can't sell it. Well, so, what what if you what if your financial situation changes? Uh, like, it happens where you buy something, and a few weeks later, all of a sudden, bam, you've lost your job, and you can't yep. afford the payment. What happens yep. then? Maybe I, I probably know. have to go to them and appeal and say, look, I literally lost my job. I have to sell this thing. I'm sorry I'm going to make a profit on it, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> I have to sell it for twice what I paid for it, but I have to survive. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Tesla's I, got, that's a problem. They also, believe it or not, we don't talk about recalls a lot, but it's Tesla. So we're going to talk about it. They, mm. they filed a recall covering more than 2 million vehicles, Ooh. determining Ooh. that its driver assistant system, the autopilot, doesn't do enough to prevent misuse. So as mm. much as they fought it and fought it and fought it, finally NHTSA said you're on drugs and, and you got to do this. So they're wow. doing it now. So anything that's 2012 to 23 Model S, Model X, Model 3, Model Y. So can you imagine? It takes a normal company a while to do a recall. Can you imagine 
what it's going to take for him to do this. And I don't even know if they have a fix yet. So, well, it Tesla. Well, you, got, you know, I love Elon Musk. In in many ways, he's pioneering this, you know, this whole thing, and. And I guess imagine what it was like being Henry Ford when he started, you know, making cars in mass production. But have you seen the numbers, the percentage of electric cars that are sold? Or Tesla is like fifty six percent, and GM's yep. like five, and Ford is like four and yep. percent. I mean, it's like he's what he has done is truly amazing. What would be amazing if he would make some really good looking machines? I mean, some of the <laughs> some of the other ones that are the bar of soap, or they aren't bad. But they sure look kind of like um, helmets from the Star, the Star Troopers in Star Wars, you know, more, more <laughs> so know, than cars. This whole EV situation is crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you heard, but also uh, Ford has said that they're going to cut the production rate of the F-150 Lightnings in half. Yeah, right, so. right. And they've only sold 20,000 and they're going to try and sell 80,000 next year, which is half of what they wanted to sell. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then Chevrolet, General Motors has shown their new all-electric truck, which I don't think is half bad looking. I got to say, in comparison to that Tesla thing, I, the, the uh, Cybertruck, the, the Chevrolet version, the electric truck is is actually nice looking. We'll take a little Hi. break. Uh, I want your opinion on it, but you can't give it right now. Please hold your breath. It's only a minute and a half. I know you can do it. <laughs> uh, the drive. We'll be right back with more. We'll find out what BJ thinks of the new Chevrolet electric truck stay with us attention business owners 3076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day there are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months they are number one the great resignation 47 million americans voluntarily left their job last year your staff are harder to find than ever before number two the clutter factor 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects no wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts number three the death of the salesman 97 percent of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today hello i'm amanda holmes I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive. Thanks for uh, joining us. We're talking about cars, the news of the auto industry. And BJ Colleen is here. I'm Alan Taylor, and she's got some interesting news. But I asked her a question about the new Chevrolet Silverado EV. I said, what do you think of that thing? And they just, I mean, I literally just saw pictures of it for the first time yesterday. I personally like it. What do you think, BJ? I think it looks nice, although it kind of looks like a... Honda Ridgeline, Chevrolet Avalanche, kind of in the yeah, back yeah. area, in the C pillar. So, but it looks good. You know, they're talking it's going to have decent range, 450 miles on a full charge on the 40 WT, and up to 754 horsepower with more than 785 foot pounds of torque. So mm. it's, you know, but again, it's great to have all this, but nobody's buying it. I mean, everybody, you know, the Ford vehicles are very popular. So what is Chevrolet doing? And, you know, it's just, 
nobody knows where this EV market is going, and it's so crazy because well, it's just nobody can predict anything. All right, and that therein lies the reason why you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Some of these automakers are like, we're going all electric. Well, you guys are, whoo, because <laughs> you, like you said, you nobody knows. Look at the condition of the world right now. And we are, you know, everybody, everybody in the whole world is reliant on somebody else somewhere else in the world for parts and pieces and, you know, big, big pieces of these uh, machines like the batteries and all these kind of things lately. But GM makes the Hummer, GMC Hummer, that's all electric. And those have kind of gone quiet, haven't they? It was like, you know, all of a sudden, I went aside, it didn't work so well, but I like, I have to admit, I like that this is still called a GMC Silverado or Chevrolet Silverado pickup truck, right? EV. Okay. So they make a gasoline powered version. They make a diesel powered version and they now make an electric one, which I think is great. That's the way it should be. They should not say we're converting to all electric because there are still too many unforeseen things, not only because the world is in such a mess, but because it's it's just not proven itself out to be the most effective, cost-effective, and ecologically effective way of doing things, you know? Yep. I think the government just mandates things on a whim, and yeah. it's just frustrating. And my favorite is the Ram EV pickup, you know, the new Rev? Right. Because they're talking about it's a great EV. Oh, it has a backup motor, backup engine in it, just in case. So it's like, I think you mean that's a hybrid, but that's not what they're saying. Is that what they're saying? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're saying it's an electric vehicle, but, oh, if you need extra power, something happens, the gas motor will kick in and start working so you don't have range anxiety. Oh, It's my like, gosh. I love how marketing people do things. You know, just yeah. like they will twist it and spin it to make it work for them. So yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that one, I mean, I saw it at Consumer Electronics Show last year. It's not out yet, is it? I haven't seen anything of not it. Yet, okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But Next year. it was cool. I mean, I have to admit, it was a beautiful looking machine. It's like this Chevrolet Silverado EV. It's a good looking machine. Like you said, it looks like a big Honda Ridgeline, kind of a unitized construction, unibody flavor. Yeah. Um, and they have to do that, of course, because of the battery and the packaging and all that. But they still called it a Silverado. So at least you, you know that, yes, it's all electric. It's a different machine altogether. But you still can have, you know, a Silverado pickup with a diesel or gas engine in your driveway and this electric one if it fits your lifestyle. That's the key to this whole thing. Don't shove it down our throat. Make it work for us if it fits our lifestyle and our needs or our, or our business needs or the municipality's needs. You know what I mean? Then it makes I, I, sense. So I have a friend that just bought the Hyundai Ionic six mm-hmm. and I said, you know, just be careful because you know, a lot of the, the, uh, chargers aren't working around the country cause they don't have enough techs. And he said, right. okay. And then he calls me back like the week after he bought it. He's like, you know, you're right. He goes, I went to a charging station, a public charging station yeah. out of six of them. Only two were working. Yeah. He said, I got in one. My other, somebody else did the other one. And there was a line of six cars oh. waiting to get him. So oh. six cars, you figure half an hour a car. You're sitting there for two and a half, three hours waiting to charge. Yeah. See, what did you go to another one and yeah. try to do it that way? I don't know. So, Man. I mean, it's like, 
There's nothing worse, and that's the beauty of our service and gas stations today. You know, there's enough of them out there. Our infrastructure is so robust for gas stations, I'll call them, because, you know, you can get gas, diesel, propane. And I said to the guy the other day, I go, hey, you going to put electric charging in? He goes, hell no. <laughs> that's funny right there. All right, hang tight. We'll come back with more. BJ Colleen joining us, voice of reason in my life when it comes to the automotive industry, but most everything. We'll just say it like that. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event, going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Got a show brought to you in part by Subaru Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, BJ Colleen joining us, giving us a little news, starting the show out with the news, then we get into test drives and what have you, and other opinions with talking heads such as myself. Uh, what else you got for us, BJ? Yeah, you know Haggerty, Haggerty Insurance, oh, and they yeah. branched out to do uh, eclectic car things and all kinds of fun stuff. And yeah. They actually said that the collector car market softened because of inflation and lower auction prices, but they come up with something called a bull list to see what's going to be a future collectible car. And I love some of these. Like, for example, the Chevrolet Impala SS from 65 to 70. And you don't see a lot of Impala SSs around, so I can see that. One car that we drove and we loved and introduced was the 97 to 2002 Plymouth Prowler. Remember the yeah, Prowler? Yeah. That little open fender. That was a fun little car. I like that I'm, one a I'm lot. I'm amazed they even made that thing. But yes, continue. I know. The Lamborghini Countach 25th anniversary from 1989. Hmm. Remember that bad boy? What was it? Miami. <laughs> what was the show? It wasn't Miami Vice. It was another show. Oh, that, that showed I, up it's the on Countach. the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of what it is. You remember that? I can't yep. either. A BMW M3, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. The Jaguar XKR, which I always thought was a beautiful vehicle. The Jeep CJ8 Scrambler from 81 to 86. And then the 64 to 66 T-Birds. So that's interesting. Not the 50 T-Birds, but the 64 to 66 T-Birds. The bigger ones, yeah. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for those. My sister owns a 55 from the year she was born. So uh, I'd like a 57. I just can't afford it. (laughs) I have a 2002 that I got from my dad. A T-Bird? Yeah, the newer ones, you know. Yeah, the ones that, the retro, future retro. Yeah, I actually like the machine. It's it is, it's a cool boulevard cruiser that has today's technology and has some cool styling, and it was cheap, you know. Yeah, so, uh, I like I put too many miles on it. No, I don't. It only has, right now, it has just 30,000 miles for a 2002. Perfect. Extremely low, yeah. That's all you want. You That's don't want it. more than That's it. So. Well, what, right. are you, what have you been driving lately? So I got behind the wheel the 2024 Mazda 3, and can you believe the Mazda 3 has been around for 20 years? Uh, you know, it's just mind-boggling. That Mazda brand's interesting because they've kind of been flying under the radar. Although, for 2022, they sold about 325 
thousand cars, which was you know a lot of cars for a little a little company like that. And the Mazda three comes in a sedan and hatchback, sells for around they sell around thirty thousand of those annually. But it's been to me Mazda three has always been the second most fun car next to the Miata. And I think people know Mazda was known for Zoom Zoom and the rotary engine. So they're always a little bit uh, off the, the mainstream. And I always like that. But a uh, little behind on their EVs. But they said the EVs don't really sell. <laughs> but they also said they're going to make seven to eight EV models internationally by 2030. So we'll see if they bring anything. Well, you know, they have to say that. Right. I know. And so I think they're just playing for the long game that maybe all the other automakers will, will poo-poo that whole 2030 garbage. And they'll just say, you know what? Because like they were honest enough to say the EVs just don't sell. Yep. So yep. you got to read between the lines, but keep going, keep going. And we'll see what happens. Yep. So the Mazda 3 has six different trims ranging from 25,690 to 36,650. And that's, you know, a $25,000 car nowadays is a good value. It really is when mm. you think about it. And our vehicle was the top of the line. We had the 2.5T premium plus hatchback and out the door was about 38 grand so still you know for all the bells and whistles that hey i know sounds like a lot of money but still and you know you got to add tax and title and license it depends on where you live by the way was it you that just said you know tax and all stuff see i live in the state of oregon so there's a half of one percent tax on new cars that's a good deal right and then you know, of course, we pay for it in other ways, but uh, what's it like in Vegas? But you said if you live in California, and then you said, how many people moved from California to uh, the state of Nevada last last, last month? It was seven thousand people moved out of in California. One month, and, and it's a it's a mass exodus going on. You what's can't going afford on? it. It's a high cost of living yeah, state. It's crazy. Do it that's crazy. That's that's what they want. Maybe that's what they want. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, give me some <laughs> thumbs ups and thumbs downs. What, what did you okay. not, What did you not you like know, about it? You guys know the Mazda three. It's always been a fun car to drive. Right. Finally, we had uh, over 225 horsepower, 310 pound-feet of torque. I got good fuel economy, 30 miles per gallon on the highway. They listed it at 31. And it matched to a six-speed automatic, but you can still get a manual on the lesser S Select model if you want it. Mm. The car, and you know, very few cars have manual transmissions now. I know. I love the way it looked on the inside. It had a red interior, very sporty, all the bells and whistles on this one. The infotainment screen, which I'm always complaining about, was actually touched. But that dial is still a little awkward. Mm. The shifts are just smooth and crisp. I love the shifting. My only really complaint is that the ADAS system, the advanced driver assistant lane keeping, was really intrusive. It's like if you kind of moved <laughs> over a little bit, <laughs> it right. really jerked you back in the lane. Oh, so I hate it, those things. I really yeah, do. I really didn't like it either. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, the car it looks good. I mean, it looks good now. Remember when they had the open face and everybody thought it was smiling too right, much right. on the previous model? But the car looks good. It drives well, it's affordable, and it's, you know, again, something people don't consider is this little Mazda. So right. if you're looking for something fun and sporty, sporty and it's going to fit in your garage, I highly recommend the Mazda 3. Really? Wow. Yep. 20 years already. Isn't that crazy? I know. Um, Hard to believe. I they, know. They are, uh, they, they're a good car company. I don't think there's any question about that. I think they're smart for not, you know, jumping in and saying a bunch of outlandish things like, we're going all electric. Some of the car companies are going to regret that. Think so. Yep. BJ, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your reporting in. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to George. Big old George coming in next here with some kind of a report of some sort. I don't know. Maybe he's got new shoes or something. We'll find out. It's the drive. Stay with us. Show him what I got. Oh, 
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, it's time for George Kennedy III. George is the co-founder of Cartender.com, also vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. (gasps) Big deep breath. And he contributes to U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes, Wheels, and right here on The Drive. George, I, I never know what you're going to talk about on the show. Uh, I hope you got something like exciting, you know, Lamborghini, uh, something, you know, something big. What do you got? How about an electric scooter? Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, no, it, it's called the Honda Moto Compacto, and it's a it's a city scooter that basically folds in on itself, and you can carry like a briefcase. So this is a city moto machine for, you know, New York City or Boston or wherever. Of course, how big are the the wheels and tires? I'm just curious. I, you know, I mean, little like the the size of a fist. Okay, that's what I thought. That like razor, like one my my little grandkids have this little razor, right? So what happens when it snows? You know, you you got anything? You you, You can then. Fold it in like a briefcase and take the bus. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so it's a fair I mean, weather the, machine. The idea is like, you know, it, it, if anybody, any of your listeners live like in a, you know, urban area or even like a, you know, heavily settled suburban area, there's probably seen some of these app scooters that are everywhere, like Spin and Bird and Lime or whatever. This is more of a sit down version, uh, oh. but it uses a lot of the same, <laughs> same kind of, same style tech. And, you know, in those same instances, you wouldn't take those in the snow either, but they're great for getting around town. I mean, I, you know, I live in Providence and if I want to go out to dinner or, you know, go to a brewery, I can go, you know, hop on one of these and then, you know, drop it off of the thing. This you get to bring with you. You get to bring it into the office. It fits easily in a trunk. So it's a cool idea for, you know, it, it kind of harkens back to Honda did this, you know, back in the eighties with the Honda city, which was a little, um, basically a city car in Japan and it had its own fold out gas scooter. So you would drive to the, the city limits park out there. And before, when it got congested, you would hop on your scooter. Oh, I don't even remember that. That's, uh, that's kind of actually, now that's kind of actually cool that it had a little companion alternate mode of transportation thing with it, you know? Right. Right. And it's this in the trunk of, you know, uh, if you have a Honda civic and you live in the burbs and you want to drive to the outskirts and then you can fold it out and drive it the rest of the way. Yeah. 
So it's electric, I take it, right? It's electric. Uh, it tops out at 15 miles an hour. Uh, wait, 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 wait. 50 miles an hour? 15. Oh, oh, I was going, holy crap. <laughs> you know, can <laughs> yeah. you imagine? No. 1.5, which uh, is the same, the same speed you'd get from some of these app scooters. Yeah, well. okay, okay. That's fair. That's still kind of moving, right? Yeah, it's, it's got a 12-mile range. You can charge it in a couple hours. It's using a wall plug, and I think there's a weight limit of, like, 265 pounds. Oh, just right under your weight. Well, I'm hey, sorry. It's getting lower by the day, man. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. So how much is this thing? $995. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what's funny? In today's world, see, 10 years ago, that's like, you know, $25. But today, $25 is $1,000. I mean, $1,000 is worth $25 is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, the problem is that when you go out to buy an electric bike, that's the starting price usually of an electric bicycle is around $1,000. Right. And so, you know, but this is a sit-down thing. It's not a scooter that you stand on. It has a little seat. I'm trying to visualize it for me. Yeah, there's a little seed. It kind of almost has that sort of Apple product aesthetic in that it's like it's all white. The handlebars are black. The seat and handlebars are actually have like leather, like saddle leather grips on them. So it, it looks like a really premium product. And where would you buy something like this? I think you just go to Honda. So a Honda dealership, I guess. I believe. I don't want to talk out of turn here. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cool product and... It was. It took a little bit of a learning curve because I am used to being on the stand-up scooters, right, so I can right. kind of balance like that. Um, <laughs> you have to get a bit of speed going to have that balance. It's um, funny. But it's really cool to have something like this that's plug-in. It doesn't make any noise, doesn't have any emissions, and you can buzz around town. So these are obviously brand new because there's there's still yet to be kind of a dealer infrastructure. Like In other words, at bicycle shops everywhere, no. We don't really know yet because it's a, a brand new thing. Did Honda, the manufacturer Honda, say, hey, you want to test drive this thing? Is that where it came from? You, so we were we were at a New England Motor Press event ah, last night, gotcha. and our good friend from Honda happened to have two there to test drive. I'll post some, uh, so some videos of, of me riding it. And yeah, you can. I was just looking up. You can order them through Honda. That's what I figured. Yeah. So oh, it's maybe like it's the, web, an, the, the website. An online thing. They just deliver it to your house since it just folds up. Yeah, Probably, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it only folds up in a, in a few steps and the, the wheel packs away, the handlebar and the seats pack away. And yeah. what's really cool is that because it has the kickstand, you know, you've got the grip handle to carry it like a briefcase and then you don't have to like set it, lean it over on anything. You pop out the kickstand and you can let it, you know, sit there while you're, you know, waiting across the street. That's too funny. This to me, you and I are both boaters. Okay. This reminds me of the inflatable dinghy that was on my dad's sailboat. When I was young, we used to tow a dinghy behind us, a little uh, emergency boat. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they came out with these ones that were inflatables, and it was in a, basically a box, and you push the button, and the thing just turned into a, you know, an inflatable boat. This is like, I guess you could say, an emergency mode of transportation. Because I, one time I, I uh, ran out of gas, wasn't paying attention, and I was towing a trailer, and out in the middle of nowhere, and I had to walk for several miles, finally somebody picked me up, and I thought, you know, I was thinking while you're doing this, I, I thought, you know, God, that would be kind of a cool thing, 12-mile range, you right. know, if you had a, you know, for those that have RVs and what have you, 
Because what happens when your RV breaks down in the middle of nowhere? You're stuck. At least you have an RV to sit in. But it'd be nice to be able to, you know, hop onto something and, and, and go into town, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a ding. smart way of thinking about mobility, yeah. right? Where, you know, you've got Lots of congested cities. Yeah. Uh, urban planners are really trying to think on how to reduce inner city traffic. So, and, you know, not every city has the same uh, transit infrastructure. Yeah. Um, Boston, where I, you know, lived for years, one of the most well-known transit infrastructures, but it's always, uh, you know, under construction sure. or needs an update, et cetera, et cetera. So to have an alternative when you wake up and see that the orange line is uh, under down for maintenance. Yeah. Well, see, you, you kind of live in a, a city environment. I live in the country and I'm always thinking, well, that would work as a emergency mode of transportation in my pickup truck and, and put it in the toolbox in the back. Always have to have it charging, though, unfortunately. But anyway, yeah, no, well, it's a cool we'll, little thing. Well, let's get you a hot air balloon. Yeah. That could be uh, <laughs> yeah. self propelled. There you go. That's another good idea. <laughs> what a weird thing. I knew you'd have something weird. All right, when we come back. You've got a, uh, what is it, a Hyundai Santa Fe you're going to talk about, huh? That's right, yep. Okay, we'll take a little break and be right back with more of George Kennedy. Stay with us. You never know what the guy's going to bring to the table. Because I've got a plan. You're beautiful. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now, Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full-throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475-horsepower Durango SRT392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. George Kennedy III joining us right now. Test drives. And today, George, evidently, a 2023 Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, SUVs are big. Is it a gas or an EV, George? It's a gas. Yeah, that's uh, the Hyundai Santa Fe Limited uh, 2023. They're just about to redesign it. And I, I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures of the 2024, but it's a really standout, futuristic-looking vehicle. And so it's, it's interesting to see sort of where they've come for the past six years. And this is, for U.S. News ranking, is, is tied for third out of 23 mid-sized SUVs. It is a wow. extremely competent vehicle. So it's sort of a good, a good to drive this before the redesign and get a sense of, you know, are they going strength to strength? And it sounds like yes. Right. I remember when they first came out, it was like, huh-huh. And then over the years, it, like you said, number three out of all all these midsize SUVs like this, they are really doing well. And then from what you're saying, there's a dramatic change coming, which means that possibly there could be some screaming deals on these because they want to push them out the door before the new ones come out. Yeah, and it, it's interesting because of those 23 vehicles in the ranking some of them are three-row SUVs. Hyundai's three-row is the Palisade, which we've talked about, and that's yeah. the, the sister car to the Telluride. Right. This is a two-row SUV, so the sister vehicle to the Kia Sorento. This generation we're looking at right now that's winding down right. started in 2018. Wow, um, okay. And the Sorento redesign came in 2020. And, you know, for my part, I prefer the styling of the Sorento, but 
the Santa Fe is just a really versatile and comfortable family vehicle. Mm. So two rows, five passengers. Yes. And then is it all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive? What are you driving right now? Yeah, so it's uh, it has the the 281 horsepower V6 engine, and it's uh, all-wheel drive. I think Honda calls it H-Track uh, mm-hmm. all-wheel drive. Mm. Um, and sorry, by the way, it's 281 horsepower uh, turbo four. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And that was that was one of the things is that so you have an option of a, a 191 horsepower four cylinder or the turbocharged 281. When you step on it, it does get a little whiny, but I mean that is just the only qualm that i could have with this vehicle are you talking um, about whiny from the turbo and you hear that or what what are we talking not about? that no just that just that it revs pretty high to, gotcha. to make that power well that's i think that's the um, turbo that, that's what you have to do these days because that's a lot of horsepower you know i mean think is. about that. that's closing in on 300 horsepower out of a four cylinder and so if you want the horses you got to mash the pedal down but man almost 300 horsepower that's that that thing's got a haul, man. It really is impressive. And we drove the Limited, so it came with leather upholstery, heated and ventilated front seats, heated rear seats, heated steering wheel, all of the driver assistance features you'd expect, 19-inch alloy wheels. It had that remote smart park, or as folks in my neck of the woods would say, smart park. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that Boston accent. Park the car, have yeah, yeah. a yard. Yeah. Right, right. And I mean, these... It just for forty grand, it just comes with a lot, and I, I I think that that's where we're seeing Hyundai and Kia at the top of these rankings so often now because yeah, there's quality vehicles like a Honda or a Mazda, and there they they come with a premium, and then there's sort of the value oriented vehicles like a Toyota, but those also have a premium because of their sort of reputation for reliability. You're getting so much with what you're paying for with a Hyundai and a Kia right now. What's interesting, though, you just said, because you're driving, obviously, top of the line at $40,000. My guess is they make the Santa Fe that's not so packed full of stuff for probably in the in the lower 30s, it would be my guess, isn't it? I mean, the base MSRP on, on the Santa Fe is 28. Wow, that's what 24. I think. Yeah. Wow, look at the and, difference. And with that, you get the touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, you know, it comes standard with the full suite of driver assistance features. So like that, you know, forward collision avoidance, lane departure warning, like yeah. that's a lot for what, for what you're getting. And it's a really spacious interior. I mean, this, this could be, if they really had to, like if the Palisade didn't exist and they had to find a three row to put into the market, I'm sure that they could have packaged this as a three row. They don't have to. So this is a really spacious interior. Hmm. It's funny. I got in my wife, uh, her car, her Nissan Rogue. She has a 2021 and it has all the safety features and what have you. And that um, my Jeep is a 2022. So our two vehicles right now are pretty new. They have a lot of technology built in, but her vehicle has the um, it's like if you're backing up, and you're going to bump into something, the vehicle stops itself. So on Sunday, yeah. on Sunday last week, I was, we were going to church and I, I got in it and I was going to back it up and I wanted to get, just wanted to make sure I cleared what was, you know, kind of in the way. And I, I was back and I wanted to get real close to my Jeep and right at the last second, it was like, bonk, I think it stopped. And, I, <laughs> and my wife goes, wow, like aggressive stop. And I go, I didn't do that. I wanted to go another six inches and the, the car did not let me. And I thought that's actually pretty darn cool. I think the car's safety features today 
are going to save lives, no question about it. And what this also has is it has that 360-degree parking camera system mm, yeah, for the parking that's monitor. Nice. And, and what I do like is that I've driven products from other automakers that have these and like the hardware is it either the hardware or the software isn't there where like there's a degradation of the image right so like on on some others it's a little grainy on this it is i mean you can see bird's eye heat, view you know yeah leaf on the ground to position the <laughs> right. vehicle perfectly and that's a great feature that's awesome all right hang tight one more segment with george kennedy we'll be right back Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. That's right. And that endless road to rediscover is all the new cars and even scooters in the quiver of George Kennedy III. (laughs) Scooters. Where did you come up with that? But anyway. um, Okay, so we're talking about the 2023 Hyundai Santa Fe. They start at $28,000, and he drove a fully loaded $40,000 model. Uh, Was there anything you didn't like about it, George? I I like to hear the didn't like part of it because that... That means that you're being truly objective. So what didn't you like? Sure. So I think I mentioned that the the engine noise. So you know that engine okay. has to spin up, you know, pretty high to make that 281 horsepower. So if you know, if it, that's something you care about, then that's something yes, to remember. Yes, uh, yes, thing is, yes, but it has but pop- hold it, but when you are asking for that horsepower, that vehicle screams and lets you know it's there. So I, I don't think I that's... thought you would complain about engine noise and be like, you know no. what? I want a V8, which can make that power idling at twenty five hundred RPM. <laughs> right. No, but you know what? You want to know it's there. And if it's screaming and it's taking you to where you want to go or passing somebody and it's as you're going by, it's like, get out of the way. You know, it's like, I like that part. <laughs> the other thing I'd say, so it has Hyundai's proprietary shifter design, which is a series of buttons in the center console. And you and I have talked about shifter design and how it's. You know, just a simple lever would be nice. There are other automakers that do a more confusing job. Right. So, I, you know, in, in that scale, there are worse offenders. But it took it, there was a little bit of a learning curve there. I mean, all around, there's not really much that I can knock against this vehicle. Yeah. Well, that's today's new vehicles, you know, other than the one that we are, you know, been loving to hate lately, which is the new uh, Tesla Cybertruck, because I think it's just ugly. But other than that, if I drove it, I'd probably say, well, it does everything it says it's going to do, but I don't like the looks of it. I don't like the fact that this is called a truck. It should be, they should come up with a f- completely new name. Like, remember when they came out with the Sport Utility Vehicle SUV? Yeah. Why don't they, they need to come out with a uh, 
a name. I'll have to think about a name for this this cyber truck. And maybe it's cyber thing. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway. Oh boy. All right. So you give it a pretty much a, a thumbs up, which is good. I mean, Hyundai makes good stuff. There's they've proven themselves out pretty well here. So okay, so he mentioned in the commercial break, he says, What do you do in the off season of motorsports? I'm like, I got cows now. I make them race. <laughs> race around <laughs> the bales of hay. <laughs> anyway, what is there to do for the the, the off season of motorsports well, for guys like you? This came up because a friend who had just gotten into Formula One in the past two years was like, what do I do in this offseason before Drive to Survive comes out, which inevitably usually comes out, the the Netflix series, like maybe a month before the first race. So, like, uh, that, there's still, like, you know, 10 weeks to go through, and that's that's a slog for somebody who, you know, eats, sleeps, and breathes motorsport. And there's a lot of great movies out there, and that wasn't always the case. There used to be some really bad ones. There is, right now, there's a, a mini series about the, I think the 2008 Braun GP team, which eventually became the Mercedes team. It was bought for a dollar from Honda, who was getting out of motorsport at the time. And it's, it's produced and narrated and hosted by Keanu Reeves. Oh. That's a great one to watch. What's it called again? Braun GP. Braun. B-R-A-U-N. Braun? How do you spell that? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Braun GP. And okay. it's, it's just one of the most incredible... There used to be underdog stories like this if you go far back enough in motorsport, but huh. not in the modern era, huh. right? Like, this is so unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's four episodes right there. The Gran Turismo movie, uh, you know, sort of this fictional movie that's actually based on a true story of the Gran Turismo GT Academy came out recently. And I think it's coming out on Netflix, you know, this week or next. And it's based on the true story of Gran Turismo, you know, teamed up with a Nissan and said, the amount of hours that these sim racers are putting in, can they learn enough and train enough to actually be proficient in a race car? And they had a, a contest. They started the academy. They fielded a team for the, the 24 hours of Le Mans of video game players. Right. And sim racers. It's sort of how that all shook out. Yeah. Sim I, racers. I, exactly. I, I, I've never heard that term before, which is odd, but I, I've heard about this, uh, this, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, championship or whatever you want to call it. They were trying to do with these kids and evidently some of them are pretty darn good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's in the amount of remember, like, you know, going racing is expensive, but yeah, right. if you have an email and a, and a console, you can go play and put hours in. And yes, of course, there are things you have to learn about being on the track, like the physicality of it, but the intimate knowledge that some of these drivers have of the tracks, like you could probably put a blindfold on them yeah. and run audio, audio of the engine. Yeah. They'll probably tell you what track you're at. <laughs> you know, every time I see those simulators and you know you get in them and the thing moves around, I look. it looks kind of fun, but I think, no, nah, I want to do the real thing. George, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, Pleasure as always. George Kennedy the third. All right. We got another uh, hour to go right here on the drive. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Look at them yo yos. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on MTV. That ain't working. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event. Going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, 
more than a car company. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, first of all, this interview is going to be a little different than some. I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, because we're radio. It is hard to do a book review about cars on the radio when books are full of pictures and stories and the rest. But when you have the author, it makes it a little different. And when the book is like no other of its kind, that also makes it different. Because I, so my friend Scott Black calls me, who's a PR guy. He's, me and I have been friends for years and years and years. He says, I got a book for you. It's called Tales from the Garage. And that's also the, the URL, talesfromthegarage.com. And he goes, it's such a cool book. He goes, I got to send you one. Let me send you one. I'm like, all right, send me one. I expect to get this coffee table book. Here comes this book that is, well, let's just say it's not as big as a coffee table book. It's smaller. And I was like, what is this? I get in the mail. Like, what is this? Open it up. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and so I start thumbing through it. And then I call Scott and I go, I got the book. All right, this is funny. All right, now, so what's the story here? Anyway, he says, you got to talk to Rodney. Rodney Kimmer is joining us, the author of Tales from the Garage. Rodney, this is so different than most what I would call coffee table books, and I've done a hundred of them. You know, mm -hmm. talking about it's like, all right, this one's on Enzo Ferrari. All right, well, that's there's a lot of stories in there, and people know who Enzo Ferrari is. But you decided to completely create, dare I say, a new mousetrap kind of a coffee table book. Is that fair to say? Well, it uh, yes, and first of all, Alan, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate it. Yes, uh, well, this is my first book. <laughs> so I thought, okay, what can I do? You know, I've been writing for magazines for years, and uh, nobody reads bylines in magazines. I mean, they just don't. Right. So I'm essentially an unknown writer, and I thought, okay, what can I do here? And then I thought more about it, and I thought, well, what is it that I like? You know, and I'm a very visual person. Most car guys are visual persons. Yep, yep. That's what attracts them in the first place, yep. how the car looks. Yep. You know, how it drives and feels and how much power, that kind of comes later. But there has to be a physical attraction, yep. you know, that gets you to the table. So I thought, all right. So the idea then came, I could take these essays that I have written over the years, many of them for different magazines and stuff, and I owned them all, so it was no problem there. How can I present them in a way that is visually interesting, the way cars are visually interesting? Well, the first decision came, it can't be a normal vertical book because cars aren't vertical. Cars are horizontal. So I thought in order to really show pictures and graphics and drawings of cars, the book needs to be horizontal. Right. It needs to be lengthwise. Then, and the more I thought about it, then I thought, well, okay, but that's a kind of an odd shape. And then kind of more thinking about that, then I kind of realized that automotive owner's manuals are exactly that shape. They are long <laughs> and narrow, and they fit right in the glove box. So that sort of became the first decision. So that's going to be the shape of it so that for a car guy, you're feeling it and it feels extremely familiar. 
This is so funny. Oh, yeah, I know. I got to look up light bulbs here. You know, I got to look up something. Right. Then the next decision was, how can I make this so that it's not just a bunch of text? You know, you open a book and there's a picture every couple pages and you go, oh, okay, that's that's that book. It's work. I thought, yeah. So then I thought, well, okay, what if I give every chapter its own visual and graphic language? What if each chapter has artwork that continues into each page so that you know that you are on that story? And uh, so that was the step. And then the next step became, well, okay, then each one has to have its own font. It has to have its own thing, except that the text font needs to be uniform. So that carries you through the book. But each chapter has its own graphic language and its own color palette. So no color palette is repeated. So you always know which story you're in because the color yellow tells you you're in that story. (laughs) Uh, So it was kind of a challenge. So I hired a a graphic designer, and he and I worked together on it. I would give him an idea of what I wanted, you know, what my thought was of how we can present this particular story. He would come back with a couple ideas, and then we would hone that down. It, It was a very lengthy process. Some of them came together in a couple drafts. I can tell you some of them took 15 to 20 drafts to get it to where I wanted it. But I wanted it to be so that when you picked it up, you didn't have to. It's not a narrative. You don't read it from beginning to end and say, okay, in chapter one, I was born. Right. You know, the last chapter, I died. Um, <laughs> you can pick this up anywhere, and you can either be attracted to a car, you can be attracted to a title, you can be attracted to a graphic, you can be attracted to whatever you want. So So you can pick it up anytime and read this chapter. Some chapters are only two pages. Some chapters are six. All right, hold tight. How long the story is. This is too funny. You, like, (laughs) you did what what most, I mean, publishers would say, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do this and you don't want to do that. And you almost purposely made this book different for all the reasons why you know, if you went to school for graphic design and stuff, they would probably say, no, you don't want to do that. That's that's not normal. This is no normal car guy book. It's called Tales from the Garage. You can find it also on Amazon or on the website, talesfromthegarage.com. Rodney Kimmer is here. We're going to find out a little bit about what's inside the book now that is no normal car guy book. We'll be right back. Baby, get a blister on your thumb. We got to Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book well you're listening to the drive all across america i'm alan taylor this is a show about cars car guys car gals 
cars, trucks, SUVs, I guess a few electric cars will be thrown in there. Um, but, you know, car stuff. I'll be at Barrett-Jackson, matter of fact, in uh, January, where that's the, the, the world of car stuff. But here's something that if you have somebody you want to buy a holiday present for, a car guy or a gal that is a difficult person to buy things for, this book by Rodney Kimmer is called Tales from the Garage. It is like no other car guy book I've seen yet. He completely broke all the rules. I'm, I'm trying to find a, a nice way to say that, but I, that's how us car guys are, Rodney. We're rule breakers, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Let's get into breaking the rules now. So we know this is a book that's shaped more like an owner's manual than it is a big uh, coffee table book. You, right. you, you used all kinds of artistic license and creatings. Your first book. Let's get into the meat of it. Tales from the Garage. First of all, why did you name it that? I mean, I can obviously guess. Well, but, Tales from the Garage yeah. was the title that I gave. I wrote a column for Garage Style Magazine, ah. uh, which uh, Don uh, Weberg was the is the editor publisher. And we had met at a car event, and and I pitched him the idea of doing a you know a column for his magazine yeah. called Tales from the Garage, and basically they're car stories, and they're car stories, but they're car stories with a humanistic touch. They're not nuts and bolts. They're not horsepower. They're not you know they're not those kinds of stories. Yeah, it's not you know, a build not, book. You know, yeah, no, no, no. It's about people, and what you realize is that everybody has a car story. Everybody has oh, a car yeah. story. Yep. Some people have more than one, and some people have stories that are much more interesting than others. Yep. So sort of in my travels, uh, you know, I would always scratch that itch and say to people, oh, tell me about this car. And every once in a while, you get an amazing, amazing story. And so then I started compiling those into Tales from the Garage episodes. Then I started intermixing those with my own experiences. So, because I've been a car guy since I was, Five years old. Yeah, the first, me too. The first chapter in the book is about my toy truck, ah, you know, yeah. uh, that, I, that I still have. Um, wow. And so what I realized when I had been doing this, and, you know, magazines have a short life, and then they're kind of consumed and gone. And right. then I thought, well, there must be a second life for these stories. So then I compiled the sort of the best ones that I had done and sort of my favorite ones and combined them with the ones that were personal to me, that mm. were my experiences. So essentially, the book is part memoir and part the memory of others. Mm-hmm. So every other chapter, literally, that's the way I'd laid it out. Every other chapter is one chapter is about my experiences, and the next chapter is about somebody else. Now, this is so, how many pages is it? Just curious. It's like it runs about 153 or something. Yeah, it's, it's what I say. It's kind of a little beefcake, you know. Some of these these kind of coffee table books. Of course, the shape of it, it probably helped that a little bit, but this is a little beefcake book that people they gotta have to pick it up and go, "What is this?" And that's what was kind of fun about getting it. I thought, that's exactly what I thought. What is this? <laughs> well, know? it's interesting that when I've handed it to people who have never seen it, you know, I've been living with it for years. I yeah. know what it is. But when I hand it to people for the first time, it, there's an excitement because they see the cover and they're intrigued by the cover because of those three bays, those three garage bays, one right. with a car peeking out of it. And they go, okay, there's a story about that car. What's the story about those two dark garages? What's behind those? You know, so it's a kind of enticing. I mean, I, I always knew what the cover of the book was going to be. It was always going to be that garage because it always enticed me. Yeah. Um, but then the look on people's face when they open this book, it's really kind of priceless because they're expecting, I open it up and there's some text and some photos. They open it up and it's like this explosion of color and graphics, <laughs> you know. All right. When and we come the, back, hold tight. This big 
big smile. Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of what I had. And that's when I called Scott and said, let's get this guy on the radio here. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Tales from the Garage. It's a, 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 a fun book. And if you have a car guy friend that you want to buy that that one thing he doesn't have, this could be it. Twenty six fifty on Amazon. It's a fun little coffee table book about, uh, well, we're going to talk about what it's about on the other side. Stay with us. It's The Drive. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Rodney Kimmer joining us, author Tales from the Garage and his website, talesfromthegarage.com. You can buy this little fun coffee table book at Amazon. It's 30 chapters, uh, some of it being uh, a memoir, uh, Rodney's story. He's a car guy. Look at I've owned... No joke, Rodney. I've owned 5,000 cars if I've owned one because I was a car <laughs> dealer. And every one of my cars, I, I was a specialty car dealer. I bought cars I loved. And then right. I bought cars that I knew that I couldn't afford. But if I could buy it for a few minutes and detail it up and fix it up and sell it. And it was kind of that was my reason why I bought it is because I always wanted to own one. Then I would learn just a little bit about that car and say, OK, yes, I still want it. One day, because when I was a young guy, and then I'd sell it and make some money. And so I turned my love affair with cars into a art of buying and selling things I loved. Because you know, if you love something, yeah, people want what you have, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about these 30 chapters in Tales from the Garage, is there like a a memoir that you could, a chapter, whatever, that you could point to that is your story? And then I'd love to hear somebody else's story. You know, they are like from childhood, you know, it's like when I really sat down and I kind of went, well, okay, when did this obsession with cars start? Right. And I realized it started when I was very, very young with toy trucks, you know. Yeah. So there's a whole chapter about those particular toy trucks, which I still have. (laughs) But I am cursed with total recall. So I could remember every single detail of my time with those particular toy trucks. No, just so you know, I want to ask. Examining it even Uh, further. Hold on, I want to ask: Is that really true? And I think it's called an eidetic memory. Is that what it's called? That you have total. Uh, Well, I don't know if I have that. I know what that is. Yeah. But what I realized, and and I actually believe this, that I believe that time is fluid, and that material objects stop the flow of time, Mm. and make you remember specific Mm. things that you would not remember if that physical object wasn't there. Mm. Okay? Yeah. And I believe that when I, because I still had those toy trucks, that when I picked them up and handled them, it all came back. It just flooded back. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. 
And I think that's true of cars. I mean, yeah. if you're driving an interesting collector car somewhere and you stop somewhere and someone comes running up to you and starts pounding on the window and went desperate to talk to you because you've just triggered some emotional memory in their head about the time they had that car. Yeah. And right. so what this book does is I'm tripping that thing on various people and then getting their stories of whatever was the car, and I pick the ones that were vehicles and stories that were unusual and interesting. Well, give me one. Just, give me one. Is the toy truck one, is that it, or what, what do you want to talk well, about? Well, no, I mean, the toy truck one's good. I think the one that, the, there's one called Minty Green, and this one was about my first new car. I didn't buy it. My father bought it in 1959, Uh-oh. but he took me to the showroom. And... I had total recall of that day as a nine-year-old looking at a 1959 Dodge Sierra nine-passenger wagon in minty green. <laughs> and honestly, I was, I was talking to somebody one day, and I was, we were talking about station wagons or something, and I said, oh, yeah, I remember my father, blah, 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 blah. and he stopped me, and he said, he said oh, no, you've got to tell that story. You gotta tell that story. If you can remember all of that detail of going into the dealership and smelling the new cars and the off gassing of the tires and you know, all of that and the plastic seat covers and the whole history of the car. I remembered it because it's it was so my first funny. very first kind of car ownership experience, even though it was my father's car. And so I remembered every detail from the day he bought it, and I was in the showroom with him till the day it was hauled off to it. the junkyard. I love it. All right, we've got two minutes left. I need one of the other stories of when you said it's memoirs and other people's stories. What are the okay, other ones? The other one is a story called Last Ride, yeah. and it's three different stories. And it's a story of the dream not realized, the dream almost realized, oh. and the dream realized. And it's a story of three guys who had fantasy cars that they lusted after their entire lives. Three completely different people. The first guy didn't realize it, and it's the detail about how that happened. The second story is the guy that almost did and passed away before it happened. And then the third one is the guy who realized it. I love it. And that story has been reproduced quite a bit, and it resonates with people because the first guy is on his, not deathbed, but he was totally incapacitated, and he's lying on the bed, and he suddenly turns to his son, who he hadn't spoken for quite a while, and he turns to him and he just says in a loud voice to the room, I should have bought Cadillacs. (laughs) And he realized that his whole life he lusted after Cadillacs and never gave that to himself. That is cool. this is what he said, and I said to his son, who was a friend of mine, I said, my God, he gave you the greatest gift on earth. He told you to buy whatever it is that you're lusting yeah, after. Right? Don't put it off, I like I did. It. Yeah. So that story, I think, resonates with a, an awful lot of Oh, people. that's great. Well, we're talking about Tales from the Garage. You can find it at his website, talesfromthegarage.com, on Amazon, 2650. Just a great, fun little book for... You know, I mean, if you want that special, you could call this almost even a stocking stuffer, but for somebody that loves cars and loves car stories and would do like me and Rodney probably do five shows on these old stories, because when you said minty green, I thought of my 54 Chevy. My first car was minty green, minty Rodney. Green. It's a very popular car. <laughs> That's so Color. great. By the way, just I should I should add, this is not just for car guys. No. I'm getting yeah. emails and stuff from people who who love these stories because yep. they're humanistic. That's right. And a lot of them are from women. They'll say, I think the reviews on Amazon, quite a few of them are from women who bought it and, and said, I'm not even a car person. Love and it. And I love these stories. All right. So, 
Here, it goes beyond that. Here's the website, talesfromthegarage.com. Rodney, you did a great job. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoy it. And yep. Anybody who picks it up enjoys it. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All right, we're going to okay. take a break. Be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, it's time to talk to Brian Moody. He is the executive editor at autotrader.com and kbb.com. And uh, KBB stands for Kelly Blue Book. Um, KBB Best Buy Award winners for 2024. Yes, sir. When yes, isn't sir. it a good time to talk to Brian Moody? I mean, well, come on. If we're, for if me, we're being honest. Always. I actually called you um, even before the show, and you were like, uh, I thought the show, and I'm like, oops, I want to talk to you <laughs> so badly that I call you even before the show. Anyway, that's funny. So, what are the Best Buy award winners this year for 2024? Well, these are is. cars by category. Uh, so, best okay. cars for shoppers. These are cars that Kelly Blue Book would wholeheartedly recommend. We give extra weight to financial considerations, things like resale value and reliability. So those factor heavily into this thing, but also we want to pick a wide range of vehicle sizes and prices because if you don't seek to make a list like this diverse, then you end up with, you know, like if it's value, reliability and, and, uh, you know, resale and all that, then you end up with a list of like Hondas, Fords and Toyotas. And that's it, you know, so in order to give it a little bit of diversity, we, you know, also factor in fun to drive, useful, good looking, that kind of stuff. So right. here are by category, the best new model is the 2024 Toyota Prius. This is an all new generation of the Prius and has evolved from a dopey hatchback into practical transportation. That is now one of the sleekest cars on the road with increased power and better fuel efficiency. Best compact car, Honda Civic, of course. Why wouldn't that be on the list? <laughs> That's right. You know, I mean, it's been the best compact car nine out of ten times over the past few years, over the past, you know, ten years. It's got the right features, the right pricing, it's dependable, it's small, it's the car that buyers demand and it checks all those boxes. And it's fun to drive. Best midsize car, 2024 Honda Accord. The Honda Accord is comfortable and refined. It's a five-seater. It has a roomy interior, a huge trunk. That is something that it does have. And you can get a lot of different versions, including a fuel-efficient hybrid. Subcompact SUV, the Hyundai Kona. 
Mm. It's bigger now with more refinement and better value than before. It offers a lot of tech, safety, and convenience features, and it has a really low starting price. Best compact SUV, so that was best subcompact SUV. Now it's best compact SUV, and that's the Honda CRV. It is the cream of the crop when it comes to small SUVs. Mm. Best midsize SUV, the Kia Telluride. That is an excellent three-row SUV. It's just obvious the way it looks, the way it drives. It's too good to be topped. The Telluride does everything that a midsize SUV should do and does it well. You factor in things like the looks and the price and the features, and it's you know pretty great. You know, but for full size SUV, before, yeah, go ahead. before you go, yeah, because the uh, the funny thing is this Telluride ever since its day of birth is yeah. award winning, best of this, best of that. Can't get your hands on one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm amazed. It's like nonstop, wow. right? Anyway, so wow. that's all. I just uh-huh. wanted to say that. Yeah. So anyway, I continue. mean, they came up with something pretty spectacular. Yeah, honestly. for sure. And my wife wanted one and still wants one. But anyway. So moving up to big SUVs, the best yeah. full size SUV is the 2024 Ford Expedition. It's got a comfortable ride, decent fuel economy for something as big as it is. Something you wouldn't expect from a big SUV, and can also tow more than 9,000 pounds and can seat up to eight people and it has a very large and comfortable interior so that's what we think is the best full-size nice suv best compact pickup ford maverick ford didn't invent the compact pickup but they did remind everyone just how much we miss having small pickups you know the nissan the toyota and the chevy they've all grown over the years right? right right they have so the maverick is kind of a small pickup that does the job. And then for midsize truck, of course, it's the Toyota Tacoma. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the Maverick is worth checking out because even the base model is a hybrid and it gets great gas mileage. It drives like a car, that kind of stuff. Now, full-size truck, Ford F-150. Hold on. Before you go, the funny thing is, as you know, I have a Jeep Gladiator. And I think yeah. that the bed on that Gladiator is about the same size as the bed on that little Maverick. The funny thing is that if I set that truck... I own a 1976 GMC Sierra Classic full-size three-quarter ton truck. My Jeep sitting next to that Sierra Classic is almost the same size, but my bed is just a little itty-bitty bed. But it's still, I guess, you know, just the size of the vehicle. You don't think they're that big until you set them next to like a classic truck. But you're right. Everything has grown. And uh, I happen to like that little Maverick machine because it's a a car-based pickup truck. But it's still, I mean, you're not going to tow that much weight with it anyway. But anyway, continue on. Think about this. Think about the categories. We're saying best compact truck is the Ford Maverick and best midsize truck is the Toyota Tacoma. Not that long ago, the Toyota Tacoma and the Nissan Frontier would have been in the compact pickup category, but they aren't anymore. Now the compact trucks would be something like the Ford Maverick, maybe the Hyundai Santa Cruz. That's the little pickup. Right. Those are small pickups now. Right. Even, you know, maybe even, I don't know what size the Honda Ridgeline is, honestly. Yeah. But that type of thing. Yep. They're uh, crossover best, trucks. Best, yeah. best minivan, the Sienna. Hmm. Sienna now only comes as a hybrid, and it does have three rows of seats, and it is comfortable. I personally like the Odyssey better, but everybody agreed, the editors agree that the Sienna is by far the better value. And it's good fuel economy helps that. 
Best electric car. I know you don't care about this, but I'm still going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> the Hyundai Ionic 5. Mm, yeah. And Ionic 5 is the hatchback-looking 80s one with the little squares all over the place. It is pretty cool, I think. You know, it's funny. I've heard a lot of good things about this vehicle from people that are not fans of electric cars. They're like, you know what? Yeah. I got to say, you know. And I will just I'm kind of just listening to this list like everybody else here. A lot of Asian vehicles in there. I mean, Ford made it with the Maverick yeah. there, but Wowzer Wowzer and the Korean car company, you know, Hyundai and Kia, which is same company under one roof, yeah. really, really kicking kicking it uh, hard right there, uh, knocking it out of the park, you might say. I think the Ionic 5 is for people who we have to remember, we're doing a car radio show. If you're listening to this show, you're probably into cars. <laughs> right. If you're creating this show like us, you're probably into cars. But there's a lot of people that the Ionic 5 works for, and they don't care about any of that. Just like if, if I were to see you out and I would be like, oh, hey, Alan, that's a great sport coat you got. Oh, who's your designer? You'd be like, dude, what are you even talking about? Who cares? <laughs> right. I bought it off the, you know? Yeah. Like, and so for some people, that's what cars are like. Yeah. They'd be like, uh, I don't know. It just works. It does everything Brand great. agnostic. Hyundai yeah. Ionic 5. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I remember when Hyundai came out, came to the U.S., you know, what has it been? I don't know, a long time ago now. Yeah, I thought XL, right? Yeah, I thought to myself, you know what? At the time, believe it or not, Brian, I owned a wrecking yard. And I thought to myself, these are such crummy cars. I'm going to start specializing in these Hyundai things. And, you know, I didn't do very well because they were actually pretty good cars. And they've continued <laughs> to become really good cars. 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, hang tight. We'll take a break. Uh, Brian Moody here. Kelly Blue Book's 10 Best Buy Award winners is what we've been talking about. Uh, KBB.com. We'll be right back. Now I'm a believer. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event, going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. Well, you're listening to The Drive. That's right. This is Grand Theft Auto. We love you. Brian Moody joining us. We love you, Brian, from KBB. Oh, I, I knew it. <laughs> Talking about KBB, Kelly Blue Book's KBB Best Buy Award winners for 2024. We were almost done when the commercial break ran us over. You were giving us electric cars, the Best Buy winners for the electric cars. What were the last two there? Yeah, the last two are best electric pickups. That's the Ford F-150 Lightning. Oh. And the best midsize or electric SUV, and that is the Kia EV9. Again, Kia. Yeah, Kia. So it's wow. it looks to me like, for those of you scoring at home, if you want to you know, add it up, <laughs> it's Hyundai, Kia, Ford, Toyota, Toyota, Ford, Ford, Kia, Honda, Hyundai, Honda, Honda, Honda. So Honda, Toyota, Ford, Kia, and Hyundai. Wow. Those, those five brands comprise the list 
of, of cars. the best like buy that, award. That, that's, some, yeah. that's something to keep in mind when you're shopping. Not saying that yeah. other cars aren't good. Yep. Not saying that you can't find problems with some of these, of course. You know, some Hondas in the past had transmission issues. Some of the minivan doors don't work properly. All that, nothing is perfect. But mm. when it comes to value, reliability, resale value, fun to drive, and those kind of things, you can look at the list and come to your own conclusion, but it's Hyundai, Kia, Honda, Toyota, Ford. That's on the list. Yeah. Interesting. Out of all those vehicles. Okay. So that can be found at kbb.com, Kelly Blue Book's yes, website. Sir. That is the best buy award winners for 2024 if you're interested in those and getting that list in your hot hands. Now, here comes something again. Is this from uh, Kelly Blue Book or from Auto Trader? This, 10 this things. is from Auto Trader. So 10 things you should know when you're renting an electric vehicle. We've what, got what four What renters minutes. should know okay. about owning an electric vehicle. So oh. if you're a renter. Okay. So, okay. I got that wrong then. So not just renting one, but if you're renting a home, these yeah. are things that you should know. Okay. Now that changes the dynamic. All right. Go for it. So first thing to know, right to charge laws. Right to charge means that new homes and multifamily buildings have to have wiring for electric vehicles. Mm. It does not cover the cost of the installation of the charger or the, or the charging of it. But right to charge laws exist in 10 states, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Mm. And this basically makes it easier for future homeowners and renters to charge up their electric car. Wow. There's also new legislation coming on board to give renters better access to charging station where they live. And many ordinances already exist to regulate the time of day that electric cars can recharge. Municipal authorities typically enforce these regulations intending to manage the local electric load on the power grid. Landlords or property owners may also limit charging sessions during peak hours to help balance energy resources. Mm. Again, this is not making a judgment. This is just saying if you are a renter and you're going to get an electric car, that's something you ought to know. Yeah. I would hate to get an electric car and then go, oh, I never heard of charging time regulations. And, you know, that. <laughs> right. another thing like that, overnight charging. It's common for homeowners to attach a charging cable, let your car sit out in the driveway and charge overnight. Well, if you're a renter, you may not be allowed to do that. Ooh. The best practice is, of course, to be respectful. But when you own the home, you don't have to take your car off the charger. Typically, it's best to take it off the charger in public or when you're shared charger, when it's done charging. Well, what if your car finishes charging at 3 o'clock in the morning? Now what? Right. At home, you wow. say, well, whatever. I'm the only one here. Something else to consider, charging compatibility. As a renter, you won't have much of a say in what kind of charger is there. So the Nissan Leaf uses a charging type called the Chatamo connector. It's being phased out. If you're a renter and you have one of those in your condo or whatever, I don't know, that might not be much use to you for a long time. There's also portable charging options, and that's like one of those cables that the car comes with. You plug it into the wall, run it out to the car, and yeah, that's a thing that you can do if you're a renter. But those Chargers are inexpensive and convenient, but they're slow and you need a way to plug it in safely without leaving your window open or without leaving your car vulnerable. So mm. that's something to All right. consider. Well, also, yeah. consider hot and cold weather. That's something else people don't talk about. Electric cars don't work the same in hot and cold weather. I think mean, we're hugging very hot and very cold weather. Right. 
Hmm. Um, all right. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to play a song. I'm changing the name of it. It's called. Uh, it's Minute Work. Whose turn? Whose turn is it to charge now? Right. That's what the name. I'm changing. Yeah. Whose turn is it to charge now? Because <laughs> if you're renting, you may have to take ch- turns charging your vehicles if you yep. have an electric vehicle. Oh my gosh. All right, you can find this 10 things to know about electric vehicles if you're a renter. Uh, wow, that was a good one there, Brian. Okay, when yeah. we come back, um, there's more uh, from Brian Moody from autotrader.com. That one is from autotrader.com, by the way. The other one, kbb.com. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. Don't come in. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Joining me right now is my friend, Brian Moody. I've known him a long time, and man, has he worked his way up in the ranks. He's the executive editor at Autotrader and KBB.com. And now he's going to talk about mistakes to avoid when selling your used car. And it's funny because in the commercial break a little while ago, I was asking him uh, for a friend. Uh, yeah, asking for a friend some questions about this exact topic, uh-huh. right? Anyway, yeah. so what do you got for us? Okay, so these are mistakes that people can make or that you shouldn't make when selling your car that it's going to hurt you to make these mistakes. So don't do these things. First of all, having unrealistic expectations. Listen, I know that the Hyundai Tiburon is an exotic sports car to you, but to the rest of the people, it's just a used car right. that's got a slightly interesting history. So price your car accordingly. Don't have unrealistic expectations. And also, if you really are into your car and you really love it that much, make sure the description is complete. You wouldn't buy a car if it was like, you know, I'm sure you've seen these ads where it's like Chevy sedan, $1,000, ran one parked. <laughs> right. No, yeah. come on. No, you have to give a more. If you don't do a complete description, like why are you selling it? How many owners has your car had? If you don't have that then the rest of us think you aren't serious about selling it, and why did you even bother putting it up? Or and along, or yeah. they think, oh, as here's what I think, when I see that one that says, yeah, ran when parked, 
Now, if it's a 62 Chevy Bel Air, I am so thankful that person doesn't care, doesn't know, and just wants it gone. And I'm the guy yeah. that'll say, I'll take it. I've got cash. Yeah. I'm on my way. I actually will yeah. call people and say, and if it says text or, you know, message me or whatever, I'll say, I'll pay an extra $100 if you call me back first. Because sometimes people just don't know what they don't know, and they're just giving something away. And I've gotten yeah. vehicles by offering an extra 100 bucks to be the first call, you know? Yes. So, yes. Anyway. Oftentimes, those are not 61 Bel Air. They're uh, <laughs> right. 05 Focuses. <laughs> yeah, right. Right away park. Yeah, right. <laughs> Three tires, good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, incomplete description is not good. Low quality photos are not enough photos. Again, two pictures. Come on. Yeah, really? Right. And you didn't even bother to clean out the car? Yeah. Listen, if that's you and you're listening, you're not serious. We don't take you seriously. It's a joke. Yeah. Put quality pictures put enough pictures, at least brush off the crumbs from the seat. We don't need to see your old Red Bull cans, unless that's part of the car, right? right? I mean, come on. Slow responses is another thing. If you want to sell the car, then respond quickly. Yep. Also, be honest about the price and the vehicle condition. I think it's even better to include photos of some minor blemishes because it sets the tone for, I know the car is not perfect, and I know that you know the car is not perfect. Right. And I'm just trying to be upfront with you. Right. That's that's a mistake that people do. Same with lack of knowledge about the car. Like you should know. If you don't know, who's going to know? Right. And that also incomplete paperwork, red flag, yeah. buzzer, you're yeah. out. Have all your ducks in a row. You're selling a car for five, six, seven, ten, twenty thousand dollars, or even three hundred dollars. You should take it seriously. Yeah. And also, like I kind of already said, clean it. Just run it through a car wash. Clean out your stuff. You want the next person who's shopping to picture themselves in your car. You don't need your Aloha air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> I know you went to Hawaii in 2013, and it was epic. I get it. <laughs> but the rest of us don't need to know that. So take that out. Make it look generic, like when you sell a house, so that that buyer can then picture themselves as that's their car now, not your car that has a picture of your girlfriend and your kids and your Aloha air freshener. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know, I was a car dealer for, I don't know how many years, 10, 10 years or so. And one of the things that I learned as a car dealer when I was a younger man, this was many years ago, was the best investment that you make in your car, if you're a car lot or a person selling a car, but in, in the car business, the best investment you make is the detail, most return on investment. Because yeah. the detail costs, today it costs a whole lot more. It used to be like $59 when I was in business many years ago. Yeah. Today a good detail is you know 250 bucks. But if you're going to sell a 25 or 35 or $45,000 and you don't spend that $250, you are yeah. crazy because you're yeah. right, Brian, people don't want to see the peanuts and the popsicle sticks under the back seat and they don't want to see all kinds of, you know, personal items that needs to be completely removed. They don't want your life in that car. They want to see their own life in that car yep. and you got to get yourself and your stuff and your stink out of the way. As the old saying I mean, goes. could you could you not even be bothered to recoil the hose up? Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, or a picture of their cat. Yeah. So does the cat come with the car? Yeah, right. Brian Moody, thank you, sir. You can find all this stuff yes, at sir. either autotrader.com or kbb.com. We're, we're happy to have a friendship and partnership like this going on the radio so we can both get this information out. I'm Alan Taylor. See you next time right here on The Drive. 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.